This is the On Blast Podcast, NFL Picks Edition, Week 11. My name is Sheldon Alexander, and of course, I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Matt Russell, always giving us the information and education we so crave each and every week. Mr. Russell, how you doing, my dude? I'm good. I'm hoping for a little less chaos between the taping of this podcast and the kickoff of football games for this <laughs> next week, because last week... You know, beyond the stuff that I write about at the score, you know, I think about how we have these conversations about these games and then things that happen with quarterback injuries and different player injuries and all that kind of stuff that happened last week or who's in, who's out. I don't know. All kinds of craziness going on. And like, I just, you know, you get that piece of news and you're like, well, there goes everything relevant that we said on the podcast last week. So you know, hopefully yeah. everybody did okay out there as far as their picks were concerned. If they were sort of working off of what we were talking about, I had an okay week myself, luckily. Mm-hmm. But there were some things that were incredibly frustrating that we didn't know about, uh, not just on Wednesday or Thursday, but honestly, right up until some kickoffs on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it always ends up, and that's the thing you're doing something on a Wednesday. Obviously, a lot changes by Sunday, but we try to, the reason why we have the conversation is so that at least once numbers move and change, you have a better idea of where we're leaning depending on what the situations could be. And then even with all that said, I mean, (laughs) we were talking a little bit before we started recording and I'm out here, we're I'm out here on the Rams and I'm thinking at least Matt Stafford's going to play. And not only does Matt Stafford not play, but neither does Kyler. And it's just like, all right, we, if if people who've been listening to us for years and years, know the Colt McCoy game, I'm yeah. ready to bet on Colt McCoy. Absolutely. <laughs> he's starting. But I had no idea that was a, even a possibility, right? So things like that happen, and you, and you just take that and, hey, keep things moving, right? We keep things moving. Yeah, well, for those of you know who follow my stuff online, like they know I write the, the round-robin money line underdog parlay mm-hmm. column, right? And like when I wrote that, that line was like one, one yeah. and a half, because it was like, oh, Matt Stafford, like might not play. He's got a concussion. Like, okay, you know, move the line down closer to pick them for that game. And then of course, by the time, you know, Saturday and Sunday rolls around, not as only, not only is it back to three, but I think it closed like three and a half or four in that last sort of instance there, because for some reason people talk themselves into John Wolford more than Colt McCoy. And I mean, if that isn't just an example of people liking, you know, what they know a little bit less about in John Wolford than they do sort of the known quantity that is Colt McCoy. I mean, that's just a perfect example of that because at that point, like, yeah, the Cardinals would be in that round robin underdog money line parlay every single time if you were going to give me sort of a plus three and a half, plus four, you know, reflective money line price of over plus 150. But that wasn't an option on Wednesday. So just one of many that um, listen, we'll get to some of the other teams that had that in- that situation happen to them as well. I can't lie to you, though. The vibes are still high despite another down week for me. Six and eight last week, and the Sheldon says, overall season record still sitting at 84, 60, and six. Um, I'll take that at this point of the season. It's week 11. Things are still going okay, and I'm just avoiding the blow-up weeks. I'm okay with that. Avoid the complete, absolute chaos blow-up weeks. Two games under, I can work with that. Try to get back on track as we head into Thursday night football. And for people who might be new to the pod, because I know, hey, some people might just be joining us. Where have you been, first off, because we're in week 11. But secondly, (laughs) just in case you're wondering what we do here on the podcast, we'll go through each and every NFL game. I will give you my pick, let you know where I'm leaning. And then Matt comes in with the information and education to let us know where the line 
might be, where it is, and where it's coming from. So much information that changes. And we need we need some someone that's in on the numbers, that's on the inside, that knows what's going on. And of course, the other reminder to make sure that you follow everything that he does on the score. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So let's Only get things stuff. going. Let's get <clears throat> things going here. Thursday night football, we got the Titans at the Packers. Packers favored by three points. And I got to say I'm on the Tennessee Titans here just because I'm not falling for what happened last week with the Packers. It's a great story. Cool story. You might have found a guy for a week. My guy's catching deep ball passes. Cool. I'm happy for you. (laughs) But Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys? Yeah. Woo! (laughs) That was an epic, epic performance of how to blow a game 101. Um, Either way. Maybe I'm just hating on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. What say you, my friend? Yeah, it's funny, right? Because the Denver-Tennessee game happens in the, you know, we have to come up with a name for it other than just sort of the one o'clock window, right? But like these sort of like just junk pile that is some of these football games that kind of get brushed under the rug. Because if we had watched that game with the same focus that we had watched Green Bay and Dallas with, we'd be talking about how we're not fooled by Tennessee and we're not fooled by Ryan Tannehill not doing anything and we're not going to be fooled by this or fooled by that. But like that is the Titans brand at this point, right? Is to like just kind of go with it. Like, like, yeah, all right. Like you're going to figure it out some way. And so it's going to be maybe a flea flicker into the mix (laughs) is going to like give them a victory. Like Russell Wilson being terrible is going to give them a victory. Like somehow they keep ending up going against these teams that are in complete disarray. Like there's no team other than the bills back in what week two, that's just going to like come in and play Tennessee, like straight up. Okay. We're healthy. You're healthy. Like, let's go at it. As far as the line is concerned, you know, you mentioned before the show, you're like, how are they favored by three? Here's the answer. The number should have been and actually was two and a half, right? Green Bay, two and a half. That's the number that based on market, you know, the reflections of the market over the last few weeks, that's the number that it should have been. That's the number that it came out to. The problem is here is that like, because the Packers have been so sort of thrown into the trash themselves, like their rating, kind of like Tampa Bay last week, has gotten so bad that like, yes, that makes sense. Like they were, remember they were five, at one point, they were five point home underdogs in that game to Dallas last week, ended up closing three and a half, which again is an indicator, mm-hmm. you know, before we even saw the game being played that the market was overreacting or at least the odds makers sort of suggesting that the, that the Packers be five point uh, home underdogs was overreacting. And so the market comes in, they go like, no. And as much as like everybody was like piling in on the Cowboys, right. You watch that number go to three and a half. And that's just purely an adjustment of the Packers rating going from, okay, we we're bottoming them, bottoming them out and we'll see where, you know, people are still interested in the Packers and largely they weren't, but like, professional money was and that's what ticked the Packers back up to three and a half so that's what got this to two and a half now they go and they win that game outright and again you can say that was somewhat of a fraudulent win or however you know you needed a comeback whatever you're supposed to play 60 minutes last I checked right and like you know they had you know they booted Amari Rogers from the team for yet another uh fumbled muff that again went against me we've talked about how the fumble muffing has been a problem for me personally uh that on teams that I've faced so what's happened here? Well, more interest in the Packers, i.e. we're taking that same rating that they used last week 
up against the Cowboys. We made a point spread for it at minus two and a half. And the market was like, no, like you went too far last week with the Packers and, you know, going down and you can't go back to that rating. It has to be closer. So from a numerical standpoint, you know, we always like to use the out of 100 scale here. Basically, the Packers were, you know, told that they were a 41 going into that Cowboys game. And now this two and a half number was a suggestion that they're still a 41. But like they played better than a 41, right? Like they won the game outright. So they have to be something better than a 41. Now we can sit here and have a conversation about whether they're a 50, which of course 50 out of 100 would be purely mediocre. Maybe just because Aaron Rodgers can get them into the correct plays, most of them running plays, maybe they are slightly above average. You know, again, matchup matters as well, right? Is not having Rayshon Gary, their best pass rusher, going to be that significant significant against Tennessee, a team that doesn't throw the ball all that much, right? Like, that sort of matters as well. So, like, no, the Packers can't be a 41 here. They have to be something closer to a 50. And when they are something closer to a 50, now, again, this is a downgrade from where we've had the Packers virtually all season when they've been touchdown favorites at home and, you know, three and a half point road favorites at Detroit. Like if we stick them back around 50, around like purely league average, this number should be four and a half. And that's why this number's moved from two and a half to three. Now, obviously three is a key number. So you're going to, it's going to take you a lot more to get through three up into the three and a half, four, four and a half. But honestly, this seems like, doesn't it, a lot like that Tampa Bay-Seattle game where it was two and a half and gone to three and then kind of back to two and a half and then to three. And it was like, oh, yeah, but like Tennessee has this great record. Oh, Seattle has this great record. Oh, Tom Brady and the Bucks are done. Oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are done. Oh, they pulled off a game that they shouldn't have last week, i.e. the Bucks beating the Rams two weeks ago. Like it's kind of the exact same thing here, right? So yeah. I think this is going to be a circumstance where you get the Packers they get a lead. I don't know if they hang on to that lead necessarily. You know, Buccaneers were relatively comfortable. Got a little sketchy there in a couple points in the fourth quarter. But this shapes up. It's weird how the Tampa Bay and Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady seasons are kind of following the same path and the same trajectory. But considering both teams in the NFC are still very alive for a playoff spot because it's the NFC and that's just how things roll there. The Packers have to still believe that they're involved in this season. Now, yeah. this number is getting a little out of control because now it's minus three. Now you have to pay some juice for that minus three, paying mm -hmm. minus 115, minus 20, something along those lines. But I think that's the indicator of maybe what side you should be on by the fact that this has gone to two and a half. And now, like, sportsbooks are, like, hanging on for dear life, going, like, okay, like, we're but like you have to pay 120 like you're gonna ha you know you have to pay extra juice on it if you want the Packers minus three here so I hopped on the minus two and a half earlier on minus three would still be a play for me again I think this mirrors the Tampa Bay Seattle type of game where everybody's kind of buying in on the kind of voodoo element of the Seahawks and in this case the Titans and I think the Packers are probably the right side on a short week where the Titans had a ton of guys out on Sunday now you go four four or five days later and those guys are all of a sudden going to be healthy going from a home comfy sort of atmosphere in Tennessee, kind of a warm day to like nighttime at Lambeau field. Yeah. Like I'm not looking to play that game. If I'm those, <laughs> if I'm those Titans players, obviously a non-conference game, if you will. So not, you know, relatively unimportant in the grand scheme of things for yeah. the Titans. Whereas the Packers are just trying to accumulate victories anywhere they can here. I think this is a Packers spot here for probably a pretty big victory. Okay. 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 Pretty big victory. So this is like the redemption of Mr. Aaron Rodgers. 
it's we're honestly, out early here on a Thursday night. We got a yeah, cell phone here. I'm impressed. Oh, you're changing. Okay. Yeah. I'm just impressed with the way that he's, that they're being patient. Right. And like, sometimes it's worked out and sometimes it isn't, but it's like knowing what you're good at and honestly throwing the ball 40 times is not what they're good at. Running the ball is what they're good at. Changing switch has been made. Love switch it. has been made. That's an we're early switch day. because early you didn't, switch. you didn't want to do the early switch last week. And wasn't a fan you. of the, wasn't a fan of the early switch last week. <laughs> so we're switching things up. Yeah. <laughs> How about, on the switch. I love it. How about that? Um, we're moving on here to the Bears and the Falcons. And Falcons are favored by three points in this game. The Falcons at home, I know they look a little bit better at home than they do on the road. The Bears love affair. I mean, they should have covered last week, but they kind of fell apart late. But the Justin Fields experiment is just, or experience, pardon me. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing of beauty right now. It's so fun. And it's yeah. so fun to watch. And it seems that he can break a play at any moment in time. And maybe I'm just falling victim to that, but I'm on the Bears plus three here. Give me the points. I just think these two teams, you know, when these two teams are matching up, I'm going to take the points. I just feel like that's the level that we're on here. And yeah, I want to ride Justin Fields a little bit here. Yeah. And the Bears have, you know, their rating has moved you know, as it should, higher and higher because of the offense, right? The offense has been very good. And so you see some of these teams whose rating moves up and the numbers don't necessarily add up to that. And, you know, Seahawks, Titans, that sort of thing. We're like, yeah, they're moving up because they're winning, but not because their actual metrics are improving. Whereas the Bears, their offensive metrics are improving. The defense is obviously still pretty rough. But yeah. like just the idea of Justin Fields, like in a dome, like full, you know, they might as well just throw a baton out there between him <laughs> and Mariota because this thing should be a track meet. And I think the over might be really interesting in this game because obviously Mariota didn't look particularly great, but a completely different circumstance, like on the road, short week, rainy conditions in Carolina. So I think both of these teams should be able to score in this game. I'm going to look up the total here real quick because I don't have that written down. Total is 50, right? So like that is yeah. pretty high. But, and, you know, God knows we don't talk a ton about totals because I'm, you know, by and large terrible at them. Uh, This number, though, was four in the look ahead. It opened three and a half after the games. And think about it this way, right? Like the Bears lost two. So it's not like, you know, as much as we are sort of impressed by the Bears, they still lost the game. And the money came in on plus three and a half. It's knocked it down to three here. So, right, you're kind of getting the worst of it. That being said, I think the number should be closer to two and a half, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like two and a half makes a lot more sense in this game as you know you're just kind of a couple of you know pretty similar teams honestly with you know run game and you know running quarterback and we're a little bit sketchy about the whole passing game situation and the yeah. defense isn't particularly good right like it's kind of you know about the same these two teams yeah. right so you throw a little extra for home field advantage I, you know i think that's probably too much for home field advantage if you give even two points for home field advantage because again, like it sets up nicely for fields to be indoors and being able to run just as well, if not better than Mariota. So yeah, I think the number's too high here. And I think three is, you know, a fair, fair number. You know, I, to be honest with you, I grabbed four when it was available last week and then added on at three and a half once it reopened at bigger limits this past week. But uh, yeah, the Bears are, are the side I'm on as well here. So we hope that uh, it's not too much of a bounce back for Mariota and the Falcons this week. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, 
I'm rolling with Justin Fields. I've enjoyed the ride so far. Why not enjoy it for another week? And speaking of enjoying the ride, I don't even know what to make fully of that Buffalo Bills game last week, but that was an insane ride in so many different ways. Now they find themselves after a very tough loss. Big talk about Josh Allen being healthy. Was How healthy was he? He's good enough to pretty much win that game until the very end. And we all know how that went. Now they're eight-point favorites at home to the Cleveland Browns. And I don't like to lay this many points, but I feel like if you remove – and this sounds insane. If you remove the, like what Josh Allen did at the end of that game last week, they win and they cover and everything's cool. But Josh Allen kind of went – and I know it's Josh Allen. He has this like peak up every once in a while, but that was just an abomination at the end. Eight points is a lot. It's a lot, a lot. Yeah. The only reason I'm thinking of switching, and this is what I'm going to ask you. Okay. Are we into the 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 time of year where we got to be paying attention to the weather watch here? We do, but it's this is going to be really interesting, right? Because what happens when there is an epic snow forecast, right? Which is the case this week. Ooh. A ton of snow is supposed to come down in Buffalo on ball. Sunday, right? Well, ball. and that's what we think, right? And so what happens to the lines is, you know, the totals come down. Right? And you get into snowver territory where it's wait as long as you can and then bet the over because everybody overreacts to <laughs> snow. But what also happens is lines tighten, right? Because it's like, well, they're not going to be able to do this and they're not going to be able to do that. And like in this case, the Browns are going to be able to run the football. And it's like, that's kind of not really what actually happens, though, in snow games, yeah. right? Because it's hard to run the football because everybody's kind of slipping and sliding, you know, the, the, uh, uh, running back gets the ball and like he's having trouble cutting and all the, yeah. and, it, and in a way it actually helps the defense because they're not pass rushing up the field. They're sort of like staying in position because they have to kind of chop their feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it just kind of turns into kind of two yards and a cloud of not dust, but snow in this case. <laughs> and so I actually prefer the passing offenses in these conditions because the, you know, as the old saying goes, right. The receiver knows where they're going. The cornerback, right. The, de the defensive back doesn't know where the receiver's going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Josh Allen obviously has a strong enough arm that he's going to be, should be able to get it through any sort of weather type conditions here. So just to backtrack real quick about the line here, right? Like this open eight and a half, which is the exact same open of last week to the Vikings. Okay. But what happened right after Sunday night, um, you know, early Monday morning, it was Josh Allen, the elbow. Okay, we got a huge problem here. That not, number comes all the way down to three. And then it's like, oh, by the way, Josh Allen's fine. And the number goes back up, but it doesn't go back to up, go back up to eight and a half, right? Yeah. It goes to six and a half because it was like, well, we don't know if he's going to make it through the game. Like, what's the situation here? Blah, 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 blah. We don't know if he might try to punch a ball out and oh, injure his arm. That's yeah, like and he went down once and like hit his elbow and apparently that hurt and all that sort of thing. So like we never got back to eight and a half. Now when they were up seventeen points, I don't know about you, but I felt like kind of an idiot because I'm not only minus three, like oh man, we should have got minus six and a half because like yeah. if he can play, you know, if he was healthy enough to play, then like that number last week had to be eight and a half. So the line opens this week for the Browns, eight and a half. Now, again, we'll talk about, you know, the Dolphins. Are the Dolphins even playing this week? Are they on by? 
the, the Dolphins. They are on their bye week. So we're not going to talk about the Dolphins. I was like, I don't remember them playing this week. Um, <laughs> last week, remember we talked about the Dolphins and Browns game. And I said, like, I made a bad bet because I bet Dolphins minus four and a half because my numbers came out to five and a half, six. And we kept watching this line fall down three and a half to three because people were just tripping over themselves to bet on the Browns. And I was like, am I on crazy pills here? Like what is actually happening? And it just got to the point on Saturday when I to submit my five picks for the Circa Millions contest. I'm like, you know what? Like if I'm going down, I'm going down like on my opinion. And yeah. I just like, I'm going with the Dolphins here. Like obviously mm-hmm. I had the bet already at minus four and a half. The line was three and a half in the contest. I'm like, I'm going with the Dolphins. And honestly, for five seconds there, I was a little worried because the Browns scored on their first drive. And then it was all Dolphins from there. And so the point to all of this is, like, apparently the market has this, like, opinion of the Browns that Mm -hmm. I do not share. (laughs) Because this line is the same as the Vikings last week. So we just watched the Browns get housed by the Dolphins. And they're Mm -hmm. going to be considered the same level as the Vikings? on the open doesn't really make sense that doesn't really make sense now does it right and so to me even at eight and a half there was there's value on the bills now it would be nice if they got some guys healthier but i don't trust jacoby Brissett to be able to make all sorts of plays here in the snow i do trust josh allen to do that now getting back to the weather thing and the idea of the spread tightening i think we've already seen money come in on the browns because of this idea oh they're just going to run the football in the snow and all blah 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 blah, as if they don't have shovels as if they don't have snow blowers right like we all just kind of assume because we think of that one sweet cool game that there was just to- you know tons and tons of snow and it was just completely insane blah 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 i think we wait and see i think we wait and see what the snow situation is i think the money if it keeps coming in the way that it is Mm-hmm. keeps coming in on the Browns because again that apparently that was a thing last week in perfect conditions in Miami how well did that go for Browns backers mm-hmm. I think we just wait we might get a minus seven here on okay. the Bills like what you know what I mean like what if you know if the total comes down the spread has to kind of come with it right because that score the projected score becomes lower and tighter and so if that is the situation and we get snow and people believe that that's somehow benefits the browns yeah i'm all about that like go for it bet away on the browns again this week and we'll try to get a seven you know a seven and a half honestly anything better than eight here okay i like that i'm fine with eight and a half again okay eight and a half okay interesting interesting buffalo bills bills mafia hopefully the sad times don't last too long for the mafia at all uh, we're moving on to the Eagles at the Colts. Eagles fresh off of losing their first game of the season, but they're still six and a half point favorites at Indy, who obviously got their win under Jeff Saturday. Um, I'm not gonna buy, I'm not reading too much into what just happened. It is interesting to me though that this line is at six and a half because I'm wondering what it would have been like despite last week's results. Just find that interesting, but. Either way, I'm on the Eagles minus six and a half in this one. What do you think about this one, my dude? So the, the interesting thing here is obviously like the perception of the Colts and the and obviously last week, if we had known, maybe it's not obvious, but if we had known that Matt Ryan was going to play in that game, right? Would have helped. As, it would have helped a great deal, you know, and that's why that number went from six down to four and a half because mm-hmm. somebody, you know, knew or had an inkling, if you will, that Matt Ryan was going to play in that game because 
Yeah. Because only because of the whole Jeff Saturday thing, did it go even to six, right? We talked about that last week. Well, if an Ellinger line's four and a half, what's a Matt Ryan line, right? And you can kind of go, okay, yeah, the Colts won that game, but if they played again this week, what would you make Vegas and the Colts, you know, with Vegas being the home team, right? You'd probably make it around three. You'd probably Mm -hmm. make, you know, two and a half, three. You'd be like half of these other games that are all in the sort of two and a half, three type range. And obviously that would be a nice little bet at plus four and a half on the Colts, but we didn't get that information, right? We certainly didn't have it on Wednesday. We didn't, most people didn't even have that on Sunday morning necessarily. It was sort of came out that like, oh, Ryan might, you know, he's active and he might get some time. I was like, or he's starting and playing the entire game. So you have to go on this little roller coaster ride here with the Colts from a valuation standpoint because we were disappointed in the Colts. We've have been disappointed in the Colts and Matt Ryan all season long because they were rated like the favorite in the division. They were rated like a team that was like a, su- a you know dark horse Super Bowl contender. I don't even know if they were all that dark horse the way yeah. that people were talking about them at the start of the year. And then you know Matt Ryan fumbles the ball, and they have these weird weeks where he has no receivers, and you know Shaq Leonard injury is obviously kind of a sad situation there. Hopefully he comes back and, and can play in his career. But like a bunch of bad stuff kind of happens, and we end up with Sam Ellinger, and we go, okay, Sam Ellinger's terrible. And then the number go and the bottoms out, you know, as we sort of talk about how, you know, high 30s, low 40s out of 100. And then without sort of any knowledge, Matt Ryan comes back and plays. And so we have to kind of at least go back to the universe where <laughs> Matt Ryan was beating the Jags, was beating the Chiefs. Now, again, not necessarily excellent play for 60 minutes out of Matt Ryan, but like functional quarterback play, you know, it's obviously better than Sam Ellinger. So we have to kind of take our minds and go, okay, this isn't the Sam Ellinger, like, ha-ha, Jeff Saturday's the coach. Because honestly, you know, and it's funny because we make jokes about how, like, oh, yeah, I could coach this team and do better and, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, you could literally get a guy off the street to be a head coach as long as he's not calling plays or whatever. Or maybe, you know, he has a guy upstairs making sort of fourth down and timeout and two-point conversion decisions for him. Like, he just has to motivate. Yeah. And apparently he's pretty good at that. Right. And again, that, you know, how much of that had to do with the Raiders, how much of that had to do with the Colts. So the point is, is we have to go and we have to redo almost from scratch the Colts, you know, valuation in this. Mm -hmm. And so the Colts valuation with Sam Ellinger would have made them about an eight and a half point underdog at home to Philly. Oh, by the way, this is the first we've mentioned Philly. They just lost at home on Monday night to Washington as 11 point favorite. We might not be right with the current rating of the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a rating that hasn't been there since the start of the year. It's only kind of been there in the last three weeks, right? Because we saw the Eagles like, okay, they're about a 60. Okay, then maybe they're about a 65. And then boom, all of a sudden we got to like 73, 74, 75. Like, oh, they might be the best team in the league. And it's like, yeah, they might be, but they also might be playing pretty easy competition every week because their schedule is super soft so you have these two teams that we kind of don't really have a good rating on but the colts we kind of have to move up to where it was towards the start of the season because of matt ryan's return and then the eagles okay now we have to check ourselves we go okay maybe we took it a little too far with their rating they certainly they didn't cover against the texans not that they weren't deserved of a victory or covering a more reasonable number but their rating put that number too high for them to cover. If you'll remember, they were 14 point road favorites, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, so we have to bump the Eagles down. We have to bump the Colts um, up back to sort of a Matt Ryan rating, if you will. And when you do all that, you get 5.8. 
And that hmm. that means, and I'm saying like Colts at 45 out of 100, I'm not even putting them back to the 55 like playoff team type area. That's 45. So if you think Col- the Colts right now with Matt Ryan are better than a 45, then yeah. that's num- that number is even less than 5.8. And as hmm. far as the Eagles are concerned, let's move them. I'm not even moving them back into the 60s. I'm moving them to 71 because I still think okay. they're a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah. Right now, injuries. Dallas Goddard. Right. Jordan Davis was a really big deal. Right. Their rookie, like gigantic defensive tackle out of Georgia. He, you know, he misses that last game. And what does Washington do? They go, you know, what? we're going to run the ball on Philadelphia all day long. Well, what do the Colts like to do? Right. Jonathan Taylor, finally healthy. We're going to run the ball all day long. So this actually kind of sets up like a scary matchup for Philadelphia. And the number went from seven and a half on reopen to six yeah. and a half. It crossed over seven. That's a really yeah. big move. It's huge. Yeah. Right. And so you just start there and you go, oh my God, my numbers make this like five and a half. And that's like generous to, to the Eagles and sort of like, you know, leaving a lot of leeway for the Colts. And I see the number cross seven to six and a half. I think the Colts are live in this game. Like it's, it, you know, again, AJ Brown is hobbling around in that game, right? Like yeah. he is banged up. We talked about the Dallas Goddard injury. Like once those guys kind of get banged up and become less of a factor, Colts have a pretty good defense, right? Mm-hmm. Even with Shaq Leonard, who hasn't really been involved this season yeah. in that, you know, really good run defense. Like it's kind of a tough matchup for the Eagles in a tough situation, short week on, you know, on the road, et cetera, et cetera. And Jeff Saturday back at home, like there might be a little energy in that crowd. And so you're like, oh my God, like it all kind of adds up to like, yeah, I think the Colts are the right side in this game. And I think they might be live to win this outright. That is super scary for me. I mean, you, you did an excellent job in making great, great, great points, but I'm too scared of, going back to Matt Ryan. I'm too scared to do it, man. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not hey, If I, I saw I, the defense do better as far as mm. creating turnovers against Taylor Heineke, something that we thought was going to happen, totally I'd be agree. right there with you. But Taylor Heineke had all the time in the world back there. He did. And if Matt Ryan does with his, you know, with the weapons that he grown accustomed to, or at least thought he was going to have in Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor, et cetera, et cetera, Alec Pierce, like it's 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 a little scary here for Philadelphia. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, it's going to be an interesting game to watch for sure because I'm. In, it's one of the big storylines to close out the season, seeing what happens with the Colts and also seeing what happens with the Eagles in terms of a tale of two teams essentially. Um, keep things moving though. We'll go with sure. the Jets at the Patriots. Patriots three point favorites. Um, this is a, a huge matchup once again in the AFC East. And I got to just roll with the Patriots here at a field goal. I'm willing to take the push. And it's tough because the Jets have been really good this year. But this is a Belichick bet. I can't yeah. lie to you. This is a Belichick bet. Yeah, we don't have to waste a ton of time on this other than to say, <laughs> like, this was the number, like, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. When the Patriots played this game in New York? Yeah. And it's been bet down. People are taking the Jets, and here's why they're taking the Jets, right? They're taking the Jets because they're looking at the box score. Mm-hmm. They're seeing the yards per play, and it's looking like a lot better for the Jets based on the yards per play. They're going, I watched that game, and they were a, you know, a, a, 
uh, roughing the passer penalty away from going up two touchdowns against a pretty anemic Patriots offense. And so they're thinking like, yeah, at that point, the Patriots were going to be in trouble and the Jets are probably going to win. But I used to have this theory or this sort of saying, if you will, and it was more about hockey than it was about football. And it was the you blew it situation. <laughs> and it was uh, during COVID when teams would be playing back-to-back games, right? And the underdog would come in and they would play well against the favorite and they would get to overtime or the shootout and they would lose in the shootout. And you're like, oh man, like they were the better team that night. They were plus 200. They went to the shootout. Like what a good bet my plus 200 was, right? Yeah. Like, oh, like that's so frustrating. But at least they are playing again tomorrow or two days from now. And mm-hmm. I can get back on that plus 200 on the Chicago Blackhawks going to the, you know, Vegas Golden Knights or whatever. And like, you know, that's such a great bet. I get to do it again. And then you play that game the second time and the better team is the better team. And they end up winning four to one. And, you know, and it's like, okay, you know what? You blew it. You blew your chance as the underdog playing better the, the two, you know, the game earlier. And you couldn't replicate that the second time around. That's what I think is going to kind of happen here, where the Jets had opportunities to beat the Patriots. Yeah, they did. But they blew it. And now the line is unreflective of the fact that the Patriots are essentially, you know, who who do you trust more? And you sort of obviously answered this, but like, who do you trust more off of a bye, right? Robert Sala and Zach Wilson or uh, Bill Belichick and like, you know, the entire entire Patriots organization, right? Like, Yes, like give me give me give me the Patriots in this game. I don't really know how the Jets score, right? This is going this is going to be a lot like Colts. This is going to be a lot like uh, what Lions, right? This is going to be a very difficult situation for Zach Wilson to score points on the road against New England. This game is going to be hideous. It'll probably be a ton of field goals because again, Bill Belichick knows mm-hmm. that he doesn't have to, you know, punch touchdowns in left, right, and center. This is going to be something along the lines of like again, I think the score before was like 19 14 or something like that honestly i think this is like 19 to 6 or something along those lines in this game gonna be hideous probably should take the under but i'm definitely on the patriots minus three okay right there with you right there with you we got the rams at the saints saints at home favored by four people following me in the rams or me in the saints this season know that i like taking the saints at home i don't like them laying over a field goal but with the rams being as injured and banged up as they are i mean it's kind of tough to be looking at Wofford and whoever else the receivers are not named Cooper cup. So in this instance, I'm on the new Orleans saints at home laying four points. I don't really like to lay that much with them, but I can't take the Rams. I just, I personally can't do it. Yeah. The the market number based on the idea that the Rams were three and a half point home favorites to Arizona, three to three and a half. Uh, again, obviously things were really weird with regards to the quarterbacks there, but we did see an opening line in that game, right? That's that thought that Stafford was going to play against Murray uh, on this previous Sunday night. Yeah. That number was, you know, three. And so that number with Stafford with cup is about a pick em, And that matches up with the look ahead line, right? Well, it's not a pick em anymore. So we know that there has been an adjustment Obviously not really on the Saints, maybe a small adjustment down on the Saints yet again, because they lost to the Steelers last week, but certainly, okay, like what's the adjustment on the Rams? So we don't know if Stafford is going to play. And so this number is by and large an adjustment on Cooper Cup not being in. Now, the thing with Cooper Cup is he's a wide receiver. He doesn't mean that much. Like how could he possibly mean that much? Cooper Cup is like the guy who means, you know, that much, but we don't really know 
how much, right? Yeah. He needs that much, but we don't know how much. And so, like, right now, this number suggests, listen, I knocked the Rams down from 51 to 41, mm -hmm. right? If you kind of sort of think of it that way. And this number is, you know, that would make this number uh, minus three. Okay. So this number, okay, it's a little bit beyond minus three. So either Matt Stafford's playing and Cooper Cup is even a bigger loss, mm -hmm. or we're starting to get into territory where Stafford's in and it's minus three, or Walford's in and it's probably closer to minus six. And it, this is in the sort of getting towards the Vegas zone, as you like to call it from the old you know, Bill Simmons day. Yep. So I think that's why this number kind of exists. It's ready to go to three if Stafford's playing and it's ready to go to six if Walford's playing. And so, you know, you're kind of guessing right now, right? You're kind of yeah. guessing. And like, do you like the saints no matter what, right? Like, do you like the saints at minus three? If it's Stafford, do you like the saints at minus six? If it's Walford, in which case, like you can either wait and then just play whatever situation kind of arises, or mm -hmm. you can just kind of split the difference right now at minus four and just bet the saints now. You know, yeah. I, if there was one thing that I might do, it would be wait and see. And if Walford is in, how wild it gets, you know, yeah. maybe it goes beyond six. Maybe it goes to like seven, seven and a half, right? Who they knows? just lost handily to the Cardinals and the Cardinals stink. So like this could get out of hand, at which point, like you would have to just really grin and bear it and bet on the Rams at like plus seven, plus seven and a half, something along those lines. So yeah, not the most fun game to bet on by any stretch, but no. listen, the Saints need this far more than I think the Rams do at this point. I think the Rams are resigned to uh, their season being lost here, whereas the Saints, without a first round pick next year, they don't have anything else to play for other than just like, let's just keep winning games and see if we can sneak our way into the seventh seed in the NFC. And I'm sitting here someone in a two-quarterback fantasy league that needs Andy Dalton in a bye week to start for me this week in fantasy. Oh. As depressing as that sounds, it's a perfect time to move on to our next game. <laughs> at least it's an okay matchup for that circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> the Lions are at the Giants. Giants at home is three-point favorites. And I know the Lions had a great comeback win last week against the Bears. That's cool. I still think people are overvaluing the Giants, and which is a theme that we've been talking about for a few weeks. But I'm still laying the points at home with the Giants just because the Lions, the Lions are a mess. I mean, there was a huge role played at the end of that game by Fields in terms of blowing that game to the Lions. Um, and the Giants just continue to roll. I feel comfortable rolling with the three points. And again, it's another instance where it's at three. So I'll, I'll settle for the push if that if that's the worst case scenario here, let's go G-Men. Yeah, tricky spot for the Lions, right? Second straight game on the road, another kind of cold weather game. I don't think they were the better team last week against Chicago. Uh, kind of a lucky win there. Um, that being said, right, like the market continues to not like the Giants. Mm -hmm. Kudos to covering with the Giants last week. I'm not sure they were even the better team against the Houston Texans in that game. Whether you want to just sort of blame it on having to cons consistently settle for field goals when they got down into the red zone. Obviously there was a fumble with at the five yard line. There was inter an interception in the end zone on a play right after they had a touchdown called back. Like the Texans had every opportunity. I believe they had five possessions in the second half and got into the red zone on five different occasions. And I think they managed what, like six to nine points, something along those lines. Yeah. So like, and by the way, like the giants touchdown was a, absolute disgraceful tackle attempt by rookie Jalen Petrie, the safety out of Baylor, 
for the Texans, where if he just tackles uh, Slayton, yeah, they're punting. And instead he doesn't, and it's like a 70-yard touchdown. Because, I mean, listen, somebody else was feel free to make a play and, and make a you know sort of touchdown-saving tackle. But still, like that, they should have been off the field, and he misses sort of the wide-open tackle because he flies right by him trying to make some sort of Superman move. Point is, there's a lot of different ways that not only the Giants wouldn't have necessarily covered, but they wouldn't have necessarily won that game. So how much are you supposed to upgrade the Giants, right? Like we talk. Yeah. Giants until five, even underneath. I think there was, yeah, I think there was some four and a halves. So like that suggests the market, you know, thinks the Giants are about a 39. Okay. I guess you want to upgrade them off of that game, but like, I don't really think that that's necessarily prudent, but like, if you did, I still don't really get to three points here against Detroit. Like I'm at that 39 at that number from last week. It's about a 2.3, a minus 2.3, right? Which is obviously under three, which would suggest a bet on the lions. I did bet on the lions at plus three and a half. So that tells you the number was three and a half. It has moved downwards towards the lions because again, as much as we suggested that maybe the market upgrades the giants, Mm -hmm. they have chosen not to, right? Like the odds makers tried to, they're like, no, 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 we're going to go three and a half on this game. We're going to bump the Giants up. And the betting market was like, no, you're not. We're going to bet <laughs> on the Lions here. And again, like, I don't even know how much of this has anything to do with people actually liking the Lions. And so I can go ahead and I can make the Giants here 41. But like, I think I have to have the Lions up up there close to it, right? It's a pretty scrappy yeah. outfit, right? This is the thing they do. They kind of come and they come through the back door here. So I see why some of these games have gone from plus three and a half. We've talked about Atlanta and Chicago, like down to three, because it's kind of just all these teams in the same pot. The thing is the giants have a much better record, but they're not really any better than some of these other teams. They just kind of figure out ways to win. They could very well do the same thing here, but that game against the Texans last week, which I unfortunately watched every single play of, would not suggest that they that I should have any confidence in the Giants going forward. I got you. I got you. Tough to take the Giants laying points for sure. I totally understand that. But three is a different number than four and a half and five. From yeah, last yeah, week, yeah. Right? Like, I, you know, I get it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this one, speaking of laying points, we have the Panthers at the Ravens who are favored by 12 points in this game. And I'm, I feel like I've been hearing Baker Mayfield music. That's... Is, is that a thing? <laughs> Um, he would come out to like Hulk Hogan's music, <laughs> oh, right? Man, a thousand percent like with he, the headband. Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to sing it for you, but you guys can think it. You're thinking it right now. You're yeah. playing it in your head. So definitely. Yeah. Um, this is another one of those double digit spreads where I'm going to need you to talk me into not taking the points with Baker Mayfield and the Panthers, which I'm going to be honest with you, won't be too difficult. <laughs> I can't do that, man. Oh, like, okay. I can't. Okay. <sighs> it's fair. So no, no, no. It's fair. I ask. I ask. So and the Ravens the were on their bye week last week, right? And it's like mm-hmm. I sort of do the Kirk. I compare it to uh, Kurt Cobain, legend, legendary Nirvana, Nirvana singer, right? Like mm-hmm. goes and he, you know, unfortunately kills himself in what 1994, 1995. Little musical history lesson for people. And they only end up producing essentially three albums, four if you count uh, Unplugged. But we all just kind of remember him for like the genius of that era, Mm -hmm. but we don't know what would have happened if he had just lived for 25 more years. And we don't know what would have happened if we had gotten to see him play or like play music, obviously in this case, it's, you know, we're talking about football. 
The Ravens just went on their bye week after being on Monday night, walking into New Orleans and just absolutely kicking that team in the teeth. Yeah. And so what I'm what I'm trying to say here is is that bye week, that being out of sight, out of mind, they get all kinds of credit for not doing anything the last week right we're watching all these other teams philadelphia buffalo like all these teams struggle that we had rated highly even san francisco got a massive ratings boost and then obviously couldn't add you know live up to that that expectation the ravens number at this point having gone from being you know one and a half two point favorites on the road to new orleans to now 12 there was a 13 in the mix earlier this week like their number is out of control here like they were at 57 kind of going into that game so like mm-hmm. i'll bump i'll bump you up because i thought that was an impressive effort and i like the ravens you and i've been on there you know a pro ravens for a little while here like i'm gonna bump you up i'll bump you up to like what what do you, what do you want a 64 a 65 yeah. something like that but that only gets you to like 10 and a half 11 so like the point is is like to get you to 12 to get you to 13 we got to get you into like the high 60s like early 70s yeah that hasn't, I mean, that just hasn't been the Ravens at any point this season. So, like, yeah, they added Roquan Smith and they got, you know, some linebackers back. And, yeah, it can, things can go south quickly when it comes to Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. But the thing about Baker Mayfield, right, is, like, a little, it's a little bit less is more there as well. Like, what's our, what's our old Baker Mayfield thing? Chip on shoulder Baker Mayfield, right? And when has he had a chip on his shoulder this season? He had a chip on his shoulder once. Mm-hmm. Week one against the Cleveland Browns, the team that traded him. Now, the Panthers didn't win that game, but they would have if Cade York hadn't hit like a 58-yard field goal at the end of that game. It was arguably Baker's best work, right? (laughs) And then he just goes back to kind of like being regular Baker. Well, we saw, and again, garbage time and whatever, but he comes into that game against Cincinnati after they get blown out basically in the first half. Not basically, entirely in the first half. He comes in. He's slinging it around. He's doing Baker Mayfield things. I'll show you that I can still play. This could be like, and I'll show you, I can still play game against a team that he's faced a lot being in the AFC North. And again, we're not asking old Baker here to come in and win a game. I'm just asking him to lose by 10 points here where (laughs) I think a sort of appropriate rating is. And that's only giving like a modest bump up to the Panthers, not necessarily because of their win against the Falcons on Thursday, but really more just because Baker Mayfield is... Not a good one, but I a professional quarterback. Yeah. I don't know that we saw anything from P.J. Walker, the P.J. Walker experience, as you might say, over these last three weeks to suggest that he is a truly professional quarterback. So, like, yeah, Baker Mayfield might get in there, and honestly, they might be down 20 points late, and he might just start slinging it around and, like, have to come through the back door, as they say. I, it's just every time we've seen a team get a massive upgrade or a massive downgrade, it has either been a, you know, it has been a fade situation on the upgrade and a fade and a backing situation on the massive downgrade this season. And honestly, like that's kind of the point of this podcast, of my existence, of what I write about is like, that's why we talk about these numbers so that I can say to you, the Ravens were a 57. I still think they're probably about a 62, but they are being rated as a 67 or a 68. And that might be too much. Yeah. It's so interesting to think about Baker Mayfield's career arc at this point. Yeah. And this could be the rare kitchen sink career game for Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Let's keep things moving, though, to the Commanders 
at the Houston Texans. Commanders favored by three. I'm going to be on the Houston Texans as home dogs here just because they're my Houston Texans, and that's kind of how I roll here. But, no, more importantly, all jokes aside, um, the Commanders got helped out a lot by the referees on Monday night. And now you're coming back on a short week. Texans at home, home dogs against mediocre teams. The Texans can keep that close. Give me the points. Yeah, so I get why the number is what it is. Um, the sort of market number suggests kind of a four-point spread here. Uh, I think we're getting up to three and a half here. Are we Ooh. not? Like, what is the last Ooh. number? Last no, okay, three. three with yeah. There's, but you're getting like even money on plus three. I think we could get okay. some three and a half. And okay. honestly, I think I thought I saw some three and a halfs, and that might mean that some three and a halfs were taken. I.e., Houston was bad at plus three and a half to knock this thing back down to three. I think mm-hmm. that's. You know, is not the first time we've heard that this week, I would say. Uh, Anytime these three and a halfs are available, it seems like they're getting bet. Mm -hmm. The Houston Texans offensively and Davis Mills are a better offensive team at home in the dome than they are on the road. That being said, I was actually impressed with how they moved the ball last week against the Giants. They had a couple of offensive line issues. There were one, there were one pass blocker who was just getting absolutely run over and was forced into some holds from time to time, including that touchdown that I mentioned. So, like, that could be a bit of a problem when it comes to the commander's uh, front four. But this is a pretty significant letdown spot, right? Like, you know, the jumping and hugging type of game that you and I talked about. And it wasn't necessary. Listen, they had a good game plan. They decided to go run heavy, which, like, if somebody had told me that they were going to go run heavy, I probably would have taken the commanders that week. But I didn't really have the faith that the commanders were going to adjust their style of play in that way. And so, like, they put this game plan together for the Eagles. They went and they executed it. And now, like, I mean, if you could pick one location that would be absolute snoozerama, it would be, like, visiting Houston, non-conference, road game, short week, like, all of those sorts of things here. And so, like, people be like, oh, what a short line. Like, this has to be a trap, you know, blah, blah, blah. Not really, because again, like the market number suggests it actually should be maybe a little bit higher, but like it's in the right area here because like shout out to the commanders for the win, but like they're not that good. And like the Houston Texans are much better at home. And listen, they were tied themselves with the Eagles a couple of weeks ago at halftime. And so, yeah, your point's well you know, made about the commanders getting just about every break you could possibly get in a football game. Listen, the Eagles were never going to cover that game at minus 11, but honestly that has more to do with the rating on the Eagles, just getting out of control here and us not being sort of ready to reel it back in, in time. I mean, the commanders probably, I mean, I don't want to call that a fluke, but like if we're going to start throwing around the word fluke, I mean, this would be one of the first games that I would suggest it being a fluke. And talk about a hangover from their Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Because that win seemed like their Super Bowl. They were in the locker room playing Dreams and Nightmares after that <laughs> that victory. It's just like, I get it. The Eagles, Philly, I, I understand. But, like, chill out a little, right? Like, relax. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're moving on, though, to the Raiders at the Broncos. Broncos favored by two and a half at home. This is a very tough one. I got to be honest. I kind of wavered back and forth on this. I just feel for the Raiders at this point. And your your man's Derek Carr's out here crying in the press conference and stuff. They, They did not look good last week. They almost won. But at the end of the day, like if you're Josh McDaniels, 
you must not have went home this entire week. Like this whole week, you must be spending at the office working on your game plan because you lost a dude that just walked off the ESPN set. However you want to phrase it, whatever the reasons are, Matt Ryan, not Matt Ryan, if you're Josh McDaniels, or even if you're the owner, you're looking at Josh McDaniels and being like, wait, what just happened here? Either way, give me the Raiders. Long way for me to say I'm on the Raiders plus two and a half here. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think it, you make a good point, like about the Colts and all the and all the reasons. But like, we just kind of talked about how the Colts like might be better than like what our mind's eye is thinking sure. of because of Matt Ryan's presence. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of that people sort of forget. Veteran quarterback, like, just get him into the correct running play, exactly. right? Like, change the protections, like left side, right side. You know what I mean? Basically. Like, like that stuff matters even more than sort of like throwing the football in a lot of cases, right? Because anybody can kind of just throw the football to a spot. So, you know, it's easy to kind of make fun of Josh McDaniel and you, you say you got to feel for the Raiders. And it's like, nobody does because Josh McDaniel is like a pretty unlikable individual, right? Whether it's a punchable face or a long time sitting there next to Bill Belichick, he's just not a guy that we're like, yeah, I'm really pulling for Josh McDaniel to like get it figured out. Right? Like, no, yeah. nobody's doing that. No. And by the way, like we've all kind of just sort of brushed under the rug or forgotten about like the fact that we were all kicking uh, Nathaniel Hackett around. Like we got bored with it. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like the this Simpsons is a great thing, right? Like, stop, stop. He's already dead. Like we've already just beaten Nathaniel Hackett into the ground. And it's like, okay, like we get it. Nathaniel Hackett sucks. And again, if watching that Titans Broncos game closely was a thing last week, like we talked about at the start of this podcast, you would also note that the Broncos are an absolutely hideous football team. Now, the defense is pretty good, can be evidently fooled by a flea flicker, but pretty good, obviously. I think I heard a stat where if the Broncos just scored like 18 points a game this year, if you just gave them 18, they'd be 8-2 and two or something yeah. like that. Like, holy it's hell. crazy. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like, wow. Um I, that to me would sort of indicate maybe an under is in play because, because you're, excuse me, you're getting Denver against a team. They obviously see a lot. Defense is really good, blah, 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 blah. We saw this matchup already this year. It was a field goal fest by and large. It was a defensive touchdown. That was obviously an issue when it came to the total. And the total's over 40. So like under seems like a thing that'd be interesting. Okay. It's plus two and a half. It's kind of the only plus two and a half that is out there. And if we've learned anything from talking about these other games, like the market really seems to gravitate to three, right? So plus three and a half is available. It's not going to be for long. Yeah. We've seen some of these other games in the last couple of weeks. Minus two and a half, the Tampas and the Green Bays and whatever, like that's gone away. We've gone up to three, right? Like, like at this point, betters are, it's almost like we're so lost. We're so confused. We're just like, I'll take minus two and a half. I'll take plus three and a half. And we'll just hope it lands on a field goal and like, I'm right, right? This one hasn't quite moved in that direction, right? Like maybe it gets to three on the Broncos, but I think there's reason to believe out there that like the Raiders are potentially the better team here. They just kind of keep, right? Like they were a team that they had a 17 it up. point lead. They just keep yeah. messing it up. Two weeks ago, 17 point lead at Jacksonville, right? Like, yeah, they screwed that up. Like, they did have the lead against the Colts here. Like, it wasn't like they got blown out by Jeff Saturday. And again, Jeff Saturday is just out there like cheerleading at this point, which honestly, there's a handful of coaches in the league that aren't doing much more than Jeff Saturday at this point, right? Like, it's, it's the coordinator's lead. 
in at league in a lot of situations here. So like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not dying to do anything necessarily with this game. Like the money line certainly isn't like tasty enough for the Raiders. A yeah. uh, tease up. It's supposed to be the only plus two and a half, you know, tease up to eight and a half situation that we have. Right. We did the opposite last time with when this was two and a half uh, for the Raiders against the Broncos. It's just not a ton for me to do here. And like, yeah, if you like the two and a half, like I'm not going to step in, you know, step in there and be like, no, no, you have to lay points with Russell Wilson and that offensive line. When I know Max Crosby and uh, I'm forgetting the name of the other defensive end uh, or outside linebacker uh, that they just got anyway in the off season, uh, Chandler Jones, um, you know, those guys, you know, like those guys could do some work here. You know, I don't think the, I don't think the Raiders are favored or, or uh, afraid of going on the road here. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to step in, in the way there. I don't want anything to do with the Broncos at this point. Um, I don't know who's going to step in the way of Justin Jefferson. Cause after his performance last week, he might be laying claim to the best receiver in the league, or at least has the best catch of the season. Either or, we'll yeah. let another podcast debate that. This week, the Minnesota Vikings are at home and are point-and-a-half underdogs to the Dallas Cowboys, who we all watched lose to the Green Bay Packers and Mike McCarthy with his headset, which I can watch on repeat over and over and over. Yeah, and yeah over. put that in my veins. And over again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be on the Minnesota Vikings here, and I just think they play – We talk. I, I'm big on – how teams play at home and it's not so much about home field advantage more so that like you know for whatever reason pick the reason but the viking i like the vikings at home the cowboys on the other hand watching dak prescott is not like i know that he's better than cooper rush yeah like i know that he is but watching him i'm still like uh maybe we should run the cooper (laughs) rush offense with dak prescott and they might be better off I don't know. You know, you know, I kind of think the problem is that they are running the Cooper Rush offense with Dak Prescott oh. because Dak Prescott okay. is supposed to be somebody who does things differently than Cooper Rush, right? He's supposed to be more mobile. I don't know if that's necessarily the case after that injury from a couple of years ago, right? Like it's always, it's, it feels like it's been like, now we don't really want Dak like running around. He certainly doesn't look as fast as he used to be or sort of as sturdy as he used to be. So I don't really know kind of what's going on there. This game is fascinating to me from a point spread standpoint, right? Market rating. And again, this is Cowboys being rated better than the Vikings, which I think like, I don't think a ton of people necessarily have a problem with because of a pretty significant home field advantage. I have as high as I'm on any home field advantage with the Vikings at two and a half points. I have the Vikings as about a point favorite from, you know, based on market ratings. As you know, I'm a little bit higher than on the market than I am on the Viking. Or I'm a little bit higher on the Vikings than I am than the market is. I don't know if that's a sentence. Um, but I like the Vikings a little bit more. Okay. And so again, that means that I make them like a point and a half favorite. They're a point and a half underdog. This open two, two and a half, it's actually crept down to one and a half. Even some ones here. I think there's a feeling in the marketplace that like, well, the Vikings are overrated because they keep winning these close games. And you and I talked about last week how like 
all we ever asked out of the Vikings last year was like, could you win a close game or two? They changed the coach and now they are winning close games, right? Like we couldn't have hit that any harder last week. And it's the same situation because what do we not want to do with the Vikings? We don't want to be laying points. We don't want to ask them to cover seven. We don't want them to blow a team out, you know, bears, lions, and wherever it doesn't really matter. We kind of want them at home as an underdog or even a short favorite. Like it's a really good spot for them. So I think there's kind of this push and pull of people going like, no, Cowboys, they're a more legitimate team that can be relied on. And the Vikings are doing it with smoke and mirrors versus this other group that honestly, I think is kind of the more sort of public group at this point going like, yeah, they beat the bills though now. And like they're eight and one or whatever the record is nine and one, or I just honestly, I don't check the standings all that much. Um, but, you know, they've lost one game and it hasn't been since week two. Like they've got to be a really good team. You could kind of tell me anything in this situation, but I have to look at it and go like, I do make the Vikings a favorite. So if okay. I think there's the Vikings, this is a lot like the Steelers game last week. And you'll recall, you know, we looked at that game and that game was what, two points, I think, for the Saints at the time we talked about it. And I said, well, my numbers make it about a pick them a little bit Steelers favored. And that ended up closing. Steelers minus one. So we kind of predicted that line move ahead of time. If that's the same situation here, then we have the same type of a game. And so if I think there's sort of a 53% chance that the Vikings win this game and I'm getting, you know, a 47% a type price, there's going to be a 5% value there. And like, that's great in hockey when you're going to play a thousand games over the course of a season. It's trickier in the NFL because we don't have this like massive, massive sample size where the numbers are going to kind of work out in our favor in the end. But like, yeah, like I kind of think the Vikings are the play here because of that, but it isn't necessarily anything on the football field. I got you. I got you. It makes a lot of sense here. We'll keep things moving as we got three more games left. We got the Bengals as four-point favorites in Pittsburgh. Uh, TJ Watts back and was wrecking havoc in his return to the lineup coming off the bye. Steelers just looked, they looked all right. They looked Steelers-like. Now, you're giving me a divisional matchup against the Bengals. And I know that the Bengals are the better team. I get that. But divisional matchup, Steelers at home getting more than a field goal. Defense looks to be clicking. If they can get pressure on Joe Burrow, you're talking me into the home dogs here. I'm on the points. Yeah, me too. I, like this might be this week's like, maybe I'm an idiot um, game, game of the <laughs> week here. Are we just doing the thing where like every time Cincinnati just hammers, a t hammers a team at home, who is honestly high key garbage mm -hmm. that they just get overrated going to a divisional, you know, Okay, yeah, you smoked the Falcons. Then what happened? You went on the road without Jamar Chase in division to Cleveland. You got favored by over a field goal, and then you got absolutely trucked. Then the next week, you hammered the Panthers at home, right? Mm -hmm. Now you're going, yeah, by week in between, obviously. Now you're going on the road in division against a team that you're supposed to be better than, which I think they are better than. I mean, it's not rocket science. Yeah, the Bengals are the better team. But, like, we can't be upgrading the Bengals off of – playing a really good half against the Panthers. Yeah. And so like the Bengals rating is what the Bengals rating is. And the Steelers rating can kind of only come up because TJ Watt, guess what? The NFL defensive player of the year in the year 2021 matters, right? Mm -hmm. Like that dude matters whether he plays or not. And so the Steelers rating had to go up. And that's what we saw when last week we talked about how this, and we talked about it before we even knew what was coming back. 
in that game. We are, we all, you know, we were already seeing value on the Steelers before that happened. He ends up coming back and it's like, well, okay, easy yeah. bet to make uh, at Pickham against the Saints. Now, again, Bengals better than the Saints. I completely understand this. I can't even get to a field goal on this game. I'm yeah. at two and a half here. Okay. Like, that's like a pretty that. big deal when three is the number kind of in between where it is and where I think it should be. This got to as high as five this week, but has been knocked down to four. And I think that's why. I don't know that this is going to go like through three the way that I think it should. Obviously, I think you have to give a little for the Bengals being rested off the bye. So maybe you get to three in that circumstance. But four is a little too high. But again, if people are going to be excited about a beatdown of the Panthers at home and think that that somehow extrapolates to go into Pittsburgh, Okay, like <laughs> go for it, gang. I hear you. I hear you. Sunday night football. We got the Chiefs favored by six points against the Chargers. We talk about this year in, year out. The Chargers versus the Chiefs. They always play them tough, which is probably why this line is under a touchdown, which I think most people might be surprised at. Either way, I'm still here sitting on the Chargers just because I just see this as being one of those classic games where – the Chargers are driving with a chance to cover at the end of the game. And <laughs> give me the points. <laughs> give me the points. Yeah. Um, I have I think the the highest yeah. I've seen or the lowest I've seen, I guess, is six and a half here. Okay. So let's just oh, you know what? Depends on where six. you look. Depends on where six. you look. Yeah, six as of as of this taping. That's uh oh god, I'm even seeing some five and a halves now. Is the cavalry coming back for the Chargers? Oh man. So this was seven. Uh, early on in the Ooh. week right okay. and the problem for me and i haven't i didn't bet the game and i'm kind of kicking myself and i'm sure by the time the game starts and the chiefs you know destroy the chargers i'll feel a lot better <laughs> about this um but i was kicking myself because i was like oh that's a little high because my mm -hmm. you know the market number uh for uh for me uh is let me do, do, do four and a half Ooh. Right. Okay. So like when you're looking at seven, you're going like, mm, kind of feel like that should be four and a half based on, again, market point spreads. I even have the Chargers downgraded because of the injuries. Right. And we saw this against the 49ers on Sunday. Like they're just running out of players. Yeah. They're like, well, they don't have any they don't have any wide receivers, anybody to catch passes. They're on their third tight end and like a bunch of guys off the street. And then like the ball would change and the 49ers would have the ball. And they're like, yeah, they're running out of defensive linemen. It's just like, was there anybody left? To yeah. play like is like Justin Herbert gonna have to take some snaps at safety. Like, is that the situation here? We're gonna go two ways. So I have to downgrade the Chargers, even though I was like impressed with how they played because of the injury situation. And so then I only get to six. Mm -hmm. So obviously, in between those two numbers is five and a half. So this number, five and a half or six, does make a lot more sense. The thing with this matchup on the football field here is as long as Derwin James is healthy and he's playing. Travis Kelsey's in trouble. Like, that's the guy. Maybe the only guy in the entire league that Travis Kelsey does not want anything to do with as far as, like, a coverage situation yeah. is concerned. You'll remember Derwin James absolutely, well, I don't know the wrestling term or whatever, but basically plowing Travis Kelsey into the ground in that week two matchup, right? Yeah. S meanwhile, like, you know, the Ch Chiefs are nine and a half to the Jags last week. They're going from home to road in this situation. There's got to be a couple of points in there. Are the Chargers downgraded to the point where they're the Jags? No. No, I don't think so. As long as Justin Herbert's around, I don't think that's the case. As long as they have Khalil Mack 
and Derwin James and a couple of the other guys that they still have available to that defense. And that just goes to show, by the way, like how loaded at theoretical first uh, full strength the Chargers were supposed to be this year when you're watching that 49ers game the other day and you're like, oh, man, they still have Khalil Mack and Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr. And like, you know, Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray are playing pretty well. And, and you know, and that's just the defense. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, like Joey Bosa's out. You're like, oh, my God, what if they had him too? And uh, J.C. Jackson from the Patriots. Like, God, this team. And so the point is, is like, yeah, the seven was too high, but I but I sort of stumbled, right? I didn't take it. And obviously that was probably a mistake because this number being down to six, five and a half. Now it's probably a fair price. It's a probably a fair number. The Chiefs are going to have, you know, a quasi home field advantage, right? We know what we're doing. We know what we're going to get with a quote unquote Chargers home game. That's not much. But again, they're not laying points. Same situation as last week, right? You're getting points with the Chargers in a game that honestly like means a little bit more to the Chargers than it does to the Chiefs. Listen, the Chiefs could probably, I think, I think we talked about this last week, they clinch the, the AFC West basically with a victory yeah. here. So nothing for me in this game. You know, I, I, if it goes back up, then I would take the Chargers. But if it goes back up, it probably means like things like Keenan Allen is getting ruled out for the eight yeah. millionth time this season. <laughs> Maybe you know, again, this sort of the idea that a better health, uh, a better injury report for the Chargers is sort of helping this number or bringing this number down. I don't know how they could have a better health, a better injury report because honestly, the main impact guys are kind of out for the year outside of Allen, and I don't know that I can trust Allen to play more than a quarter, even if he is ruled into this game. No, I totally understand. Totally get it. Tough spot to sit at, uh, but it'll be great Sunday night football game regardless. Don't know if it'll be a great Monday night football game, despite my team being in the mix. That team, of course, being the San Francisco 49ers, who will be on the road as eight-point favorites against the Arizona Cardinals. For some reason, I was about to say Coyotes, not sure why, because I couldn't tell you if I've ever in my life watched an Arizona Coyotes game. <laughs> Anyways. Big Yotes guy, come on. The Niners is eight-point favorites. That's just too many points for me. And especially if I'm still hearing Colt McCoy's music, which, you know, maybe Kyler's done playing Call of Duty this weekend. I don't know. We just have to see. There's a lot of time between Wednesday and Sunday, or Monday, pardon me. Yeah. But maybe he gets it out of the way on the weekend. I don't know. Either way, eight points, way too many points for me. I'm on the cards. Yeah. So, I mean, first, firstly, we got to talk about like the 49ers rating getting like mega bumped up to, I think, like I would say 75 if we're, gonna, you know, if we're using the 100 scale before that Chargers game. They ended up closing like eight, eight and a half in that game. And honestly, after yeah. all was said and done, we're one yard away from actually kind of pulling off a cover, even though, again, that seemed pretty inflated. So, yeah. we're going to use that inflated number. I'm going to downgrade it a little bit. I'm going to kind of put my, you know, finger on the scale, so to speak, and kind of adjust it sort of before we see what the closing line is and like, go, oh, how do we get down to San Francisco minus eight here? And that's with a small downgrade to the 49ers in sort of a low to mid seventies type of a range. Now the Cardinals, what on earth do we do with this team? Because it's like, yeah, by the way, they won comfortably last week. So like, what do we do with that? Are they better with Colt McCoy? Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, like my, that's an actual question, right? Like, so I have them, you know, the market has them as about a 44, worse than average, mm -hmm. probably descending. But again, they won last week, whereas the 49ers in theory are in ascension, probably not as high necessarily as they should have been. 
the number's pretty correct here. If but again, like it feels like we're guessing a little bit in yeah. that department. Maybe it's just a better game here in the opposite way of you know the one you know was it Denver and, and Las Vegas. Instead of teasing up, maybe this is a tease down. This is a take this from minus eight down to minus two and just need the 49ers to win this game. Because again, eight's getting a little high, but it isn't. I think the key thing to understand here is like it isn't the over adjustment that it was last week yeah. when they were eight at home to the Chargers, right? Totally this is a fair number. Now, we don't know that for sure because we're, you know, again, these two teams are pretty sort of polarizing in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is, a, it is a somewhat of a fair number. And if that's true, then a tease is actually a pretty decent play. Super interesting for sure. The Niners, I mean, you, you laughed a couple weeks ago when I was talking about uh, Shanahan having all this time to come up with all the plays. And then we see him on the goal line yeah. and they got Christian McCaffrey. And it's like, nah, let's give it to Elijah Mitchell. And it's like, wait, what? what's happening here? Yeah. What are we doing? How many yeah. picks did you just give up? Anyways, I'll save the rest of that for my Niners pod that doesn't exist. But either way, that wraps up our week of picks here on the pod. But of course, there's lots that could change between now and kickoff on Sunday. So in the meantime, between time, where can the people find out all of your information and everything that you're doing online on the Twitter sphere, my friend? Yeah, listen, if it's anything like last week, you'll find me in like a street, wandering the streets, just looking for answers about who's going to start and what, and just sort of going up to people and going, can you believe what's happening? Uh, other than that, at Emros Authentic, of course, on Twitter, uh, the grab the score app, the betting section, set your alerts. Um, Want to sort of mention uh, the teaser article that I do every week, right? And we talked about the idea of um, teasing some of these some of these games and we talk obviously every week about going up from two to eight or down from eight down to two but over the last couple of weeks as we're getting into week 10 week 11 we think we have a pretty good understanding of some of these teams and we've expanded the parameters of a teaser right so think about the pittsburgh game like we kind of know what we're going to expect from cincinnati and pittsburgh right and maybe cincinnati wins by a touchdown or honestly maybe they win by 10 points mm -hmm. or honestly maybe they win by 20 but the point is like, i think we're expecting a pretty hotly contested game and so that doesn't necessarily qualify as a technical teaser, but, you know, plus five, plus four and a half, right? Gets you up over 10 and a half, gets you into 11, right? Like not necessarily a mathematically correct teaser, but because we know what we're getting from those two teams, it's a little bit more viable. Whereas you have a very similar point spread over in uh, the Rams and the Saints, and you go, well, are we going to bump that up to 10 points? And the answer is no, because... Honestly, the Rams might lose by 20 because we yeah. don't really understand like what we're getting out of the Rams. And honestly, we don't really understand too well what we're getting out of the Saints. So two sort of similar games with four to five point spreads. One game that is sort of teaser viable. The other one isn't. Whereas, you know, with these minus eights and these plus twos, those are kind of just mathematically don't worry about the team matchup, right? Just kind of kick them up or kick them down. And you're probably going to have a at least a long-term profitable leg. You know, once you start adding in sort of the knowledge of some of these teams, that's where we can get a little bit wider with our teasers. Totally understand, my dude. And I look forward to trying to learn more about said teasers and just more about overall winners as we try to do each and every week on this podcast. And as always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, Instagram at 
Sheldon Alexander. And as I always say, friends, I used to pray for times like this. Until next time, see ya.